With Halloween being tomorrow, everybody here on YouTube has basically uh, done their own little tidbits to celebrate the Halloween spirit. You have Cinemassacre doing their annual Monster Madness, where this year they're looking at the more recent horror films of the past year or so. Uh, you have uh, basically Nostalgia Critic, Doug Walker at Channel Awesome doing Nostalgia Ween, his yearly event. You have Linkara doing Long Box of the Damned, his month-long event, along with an occasional review that's Halloween-related. And you have places like Watch Mojo doing their own little uh, countdowns, top five, top ten countdowns of some of the grossest, most brutal, most terrifying, you know, jump scaring, you know, horror films and animes, mangas out there today. But what about the under the radar stuff? What about the unknown? Because just today, the old Turtle Den uh, put up a video called The Dark Moments of the Last Ronin. And, of course, they do this, you know, on the day before Halloween. Basically, Halloween Eve, if you will. So, by doing this, they, too, are contributing to the Halloween spirit. You know, talking about some of the more darker uh, moments in The Last Ronin. From, like, basically the brutal deaths that took place uh, in the story, and so on. But again, it got me thinking, what about those that are under the radar? And one of them that I've always thought about as being sort of a dark moment, but under the radar, is Chippendale Rescue Rangers. That's right. Now, we know they've had some dark moments, some dark elements at times, or at least teased that they would. But there is one episode in particular... There is one episode in particular that kind of gets, you know, shafted a little bit. It gets shafted all because I think it was released around St. Patrick's Day, or at least to help celebrate St. Patrick's Day. But it does have a dark moment, you know, in the in the episode, mostly towards the end. Now... I'm not saying that the episode isn't dark in its own right. I mean, for example, you have this banshee queen enslaving most of the leprechaun populace in Ireland to where basically the leader of the leprechauns, you know, basically is the last one uh, to remain. He's the last one to remain. And he is trying his best to avoid capture. So what he does is he basically takes advantage of Dale's greed that's getting the best of him to switch places with Dale and Dale ends up being enslaved you know by the Banshee Queen and tossed into basically these fiery like mine pits to mine gold uh, for the Banshee now of course the Rangers are not too happy about this and they basically had to plan to try to get Dale back. But at the same time, Dale, once again, showing that he does have a bit of a genius side to him, a creative side to him, you know, brings up the, brings up the fact that, you know, hey, can't gold be, you know, you know, flattened into sheets or something like that? Which, of course, by demonstration, the leprechauns are like, yeah, yeah, they can. You know, but why would you want this? And basically, Dale's like, I have an idea. And what they do is they create uh, a tube or some kind of like a megaphone or something like that, an echo phone, if you will, that once they are back 
you know, um, a back above ground, basically. Of course, the Banshee Queen's not thrilled to be, you know, it's not thrilled at you know, being tricked because she's thinking, oh, this actually is working quick now because she wants them to mine as much gold as, she can, as they can get at a quick pace and give her as much, and does by doing so, give her a lot. So what happens is she's not too thrilled with this. She's not too thrilled with this. And, of course, she form, transforms into her Banshee form, but what she doesn't know is the Banshee, is not the Banshee, but the Leprechauns, thanks to Dale, have created this echo thing. And when she you know, puts her scream out there, that's when the scream gets echoed back at her. Uh, but this does bide enough time uh, for Monterey and Zipper to be able to be launched, if you will, back over to where uh, the Leprechaun's, you know, um, I guess you could say hiding places or whatever. And they're able to land in an area that's a good hiding spot, obviously, for the gold. Because if you know about anything about the Legend of the Leprechauns, they like to try to hide the part of gold, you know, you know, thus preventing anybody from finding it. And anybody that does, you know, they have to give the gold to or they got to grant wishes or whatever the scenario is. Anyway, to get to the point, not only do they return the gold that the Banshee, the part of gold that the Banshee stole, thus forcing the leprechauns as she captures them one by one to mine for more gold, but by returning it and putting it in a new hiding spot, it restores the leprechaun's magic, and it's just enough for a certain moment to happen. Because the, not only is the Banshee trying, being uh, basically blasted by this leprechaun magic, but it's at the same moment that Gadget, that's right, Gadget looks around, sees a dinner tray or, yeah, one of those dinner trays, if you will, gets a butter knife, I don't know, or is it a regular cutting knife, one of the two, and basically uh, Chip's pushing it. Uh, he's pushing it. I think Dale's helping, but I think it's mostly Chip. Mostly Chip is pushing it. And obviously the leader of the leprechauns kind of sees what Gadget and Chip are up to, along with Dale. I think Dale's helping. Again, I've got to go back and watch it. But they basically push this tray, um, if you will, just fast enough for Gadget to basically take the knife, cut the rope of a chandelier right above, right above where the Banshee is floating, where she's flying. And again, the leader of the leprechauns, you know, kind of sees what's going to happen, Open uses his magic to uncover the rug and open the door, and that is when Gadget, basically, like I say, being pushed by this thing, cuts the rope holding the chandelier, the chandelier catches the leprechaun woman, oh, not the leprechaun, but the banshee woman, the banshee queen, and sends her straight to hell. Yeah, sends her straight to hell, basically kills her. Yeah, you heard me right. Last of the le- the last of the leprechauns, I think, or the last leprechaun, whatever it's called. That episode is where we see basically a villain death. That's right. We see a villain death. Now you might say, "Well, they killed some other villains." Not particularly. Not particularly, because we always saw the villains come back. You know, in another episode. No, legitimately, we saw this character die. And it was all thanks to Gadget. 
Yeah, I'm surprised Doug Walker hasn't put this episode as part of his Dark Tunes. Maybe he will eventually, because never once, never once in all 65 episodes did we ever see a character get killed off. Never once. And here we see the Banshee Queen die. And it was, to me, it was shocking, even as a kid. It's like, holy shit, they killed her. They basically gave her the classic Disney villain death, if you will. In a way, because basically it's kind of not not so much, but similar to Judge Frollo's. You see, Judge Frollo's uh, death basically was the fact that you know he was holding onto a gargoyle, a lion, a lion gargoyle's head that came to life, scared the crap out of him, broke off, and sent him into the fiery pit. Here, basically, you can combine that with. Uh, almost similar to what happened with Clayton. Almost. Basically, because what happened to Clayton, he gets tangled up in those vines, and he falls, and he gets, uh, and he ends up hanging himself, killing himself. Right. Here, you could take the element of being caught and tangled up in something like vines, but in this case, it's rope holding up a chandelier, and the weight of it drags her down into the pit. You know, into the fiery pits of the mind, basically to hell. Killing her off. And that right there is an under-the-radar dark moment. Because never once, never once did you ever see in Rescue Rangers at that time a character die. I mean, yeah, now in the boom, I mean, yeah, now in the, uh, what is it, the, you know, the, the classic... You know, you know the uh, the classic Boom Studios revival. You had a character die, or a couple of characters die, because they were aiming at all the audience. And of course, in Ducktales, the revival and everything, the reboot, you had characters die. But here, here, this is nineteen eighty nine, nineteen ninety. This is before Tailspin came out. This is before Darkwing Duck came out. Before, before freaking Gargoyles came out. We have never seen any villains die on screen until this moment. So to me, this is an under-the-radar dark moment in Rescue Rangers. Again, they've had some dark moments, no doubt. They've had some dark moments. But the truth is, this probably is the darkest. Because you had Gadget literally kill, uh, send this Banshee Queen to her death. That's, that's saying something. That is under the radar, you know, when it comes to stuff that nobody really brings up. Nobody really brings up, but it's true. That is under the radar. So, yeah, in Chippendale Rescue Rangers episode, The Last Leprechaun, yeah, you get a dark moment at the end. A very dark moment because Gadget kills a Banshee. That's saying something, man. And again, surprised no one else has talked about it. Hopefully Doug Walker does eventually. But I just wanted to come on here, bring that up, get your guys' thoughts on it. Let me know what your thoughts are in the live chat. Unfortunately, for the month, next month or the rest of the year, there will be no Super Chats because of my monetization suspension, which I'm working to fix and correct. 
Uh, let me know what your thoughts are down below. You know, comment if you like. Love to hear from each and every one of you. You can support me immediately at Venmo and Cash App. Venmo at Brian Walmart 2, Cash App at BW Rose 98. You can support me over at Patreon with the $1 and $3 tiers, as well as a potential $5 tier in the works. I'm still thinking about that. Also, you can check me out at Vimo at BW Roses for content you can't get anywhere else. You can also check me out at DeviantArt.com slash BVW1979 at my Teespring store just in time for the holiday season for merchandise you can't get anywhere else. As well as you can check me out, ladies and gentlemen. You can check me out at BW Roses Discussions at all your favorite audio podcast locations except for Pandora. But guys, let me know what your thoughts are down below. Love to hear from each and every one of you on this. And until then, I am out.